So uh, prosperity, man, some of y'all are going to get nervous because you're like, oh, man, prosperity. When, unfortunately, when the, when the word prosperity gets preached in churches, it's, unfortunately, it's been abused by, by some, some ministers. And that's unfortunate because it's, prosperity is a truth, and it, and it is a lifestyle and, and a culture within the kingdom of God. Uh, it, it, it is not about money. It can have something to do with money. We'll get into that here in a second. But it's not about money. So I want to put everyone at ease over the coming weeks. I'm not going to be preaching, hey, if you'll give me $1,000 or if you'll donate $10,000, God's going to heal you or God's going to, you know, sow $100 today and God's going to give you $10,000. You know, that's not what we're going to be preaching about. (laughs) Prosperity is far greater than any uh, shenanigans like that. So uh, now he may, like, you know, I'm I'm not God. He he can do whatever he wants. But (laughs) at the same time, that's, that's not what we're talking about. I'm not going to tell you to put your down pay, put your down payment on your miracle. You know, <laughs> you need a miracle, put a down payment, five thousand dollars. No, we're not doing that. But we're gonna we are going to learn what the mindset of prosperity is about. So, uh, prosperity in its purpose. Y'all ready to get into the word? Amen. Let's get into the word. So, it's Mother's Day. I'm going to teach all you moms about prospering. How God wants you to prosper. And any of you dads, and any of you people, we all get to prosper if you are living in the kingdom. Prosperity, the simple definition of prosperity is this, to flourish, to succeed. So when I tell you God wants you to prosper in his kingdom, he does. He wants you to flourish. He wants you to succeed. He wants you to progress. He wants you to knock it out of the park with anything he has created you to do. And, and so I want, I want to help some of us, because we come from all different walks of Christianity here at this church. Just a melting pot, and praise God, because that's what heaven is about. But, but unfortunately, some of us have had drilled in our head uh, this, this poverty mindset. There's nowhere in the Word of God where, where I can find that God requires you to take a vow of poverty to be part of his kingdom. To live in a state of lack. Now, it doesn't mean that you'll always be in the greatest of circumstances and environments, but no matter what, you can flourish and succeed. You know, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego flourished and succeeded in a fiery furnace. Now, had they had their druthers, they wouldn't have been in that fiery furnace, right? Daniel flourished and succeeded in the midst of the lion's den. Joseph got sold into slavery, was bought by Potiphar, flourished and succeeded in Potiphar's house when he was wrongly accused, got thrown in jail. You think jail's rough now? Jail was really bad back then. Yet he flourished and succeeded or prospered in jail until the time he remained faithful in obedience and God delivered him out and he became the second most powerful man in, in the world. So his circumstances weren't always what we would deem as prosperous, but in that circumstance, he prospered. That's what we're trying to talk about. No matter what you walk through in life, no matter where you go, no matter what happens around you, you can prosper. You can flourish and succeed because you are a citizen of the kingdom of God. Well, we got to suffer for the Lord. He suffered once and for all on the cross. Why do you need to suffer? 
I'm not saying that you're not going to go through trials. Jesus even said it. Hey, in this world, there's going to be some trials. There's going to be some hard times. But be a good cheer because I have overcome the world. I didn't just overcome your trial. I overcame the world that contains your trial. Pretty awesome. What an awesome guy. So when we say kingdom prosperity, this is, what I, this is what we mean. We're not talking about finances. We're not talking about money. Money is not prosperity. There's lots of people that have lots of money that aren't prospering. Money can be a part of prosperity. Those of you who remember a few weeks ago, I said, pepperoni is not pizza. If you came to my house and I said, I'm going to feed you pizza, and then I handed you a, pe- a pepperoni, say, enjoy that pizza, you're going to say, Where, where's the pizza? Well, right there. This is a pepperoni. So in other words, pepperoni is not pizza. It can be part of pizza, but it is not pizza. So yeah, <laughs> Isaac says, can't be. Sometimes pizza doesn't have pepperoni. Sometimes prosperity has nothing to do with the, the U.S. dollar. A lot of times it has nothing to do with the U.S. dollar. So the U.S. dollar is not prosperity. It can be part of it, but it's not. There's much more to prosperity. This is kingdom prosperity. This is the definition I want us to get into our minds over the coming weeks. As we're learning to walk in the kingdom, we're learning to walk in this place of Sabbath and rest with him. You remember those, those of you who were here a couple of weeks ago? Well, which first of all, thank you to Brother Tokes for preaching an incredible word about forgiveness last week. Because that is, that is the pinnacle. If you're going to walk in faith, you have to learn to forgive. And everything about the kingdom has to do with faith and obedience. Trusting God and doing his word. But you can do that till you're blue in the face. And if you're not forgiving people, it's all for naught. It's just not going to work. So that's pivotal. It was a pivotal, timely word right in the midst of what God has us learning. So kingdom prosperity is this. The ability to use God's power to meet the needs of mankind in every facet of life. If, if I'm going to say, hey, church, I'm telling you, we are a prosperous people. That means if you trust in the Lord and if you obey his word, you're part of his kingdom, you're, you're intentionally living in his kingdom. His kingdom is not about the sweet by and by. It's about the sweet by and by coming right here to your nasty now and now. Kingdom prosperity is this. We are going to learn to exercise the ability to use God's power to meet the needs of mankind in every facet of life. And there's a whole lot of needs we have that money can't touch. So we're not talking about money. We will talk about money in a few weeks for those times that pepperoni is part of the pizza. <laughs> right? But I guarantee you it'll be biblical. So, all right, let's get into the word real quick. I, I want to show you this. God's, God's will and desire and plan for you is to prosper. And what is prosper? It means to flourish to succeed. Sometimes you can flourish and succeed and you ain't got to spend one dime, right? But look, we're, we're, gonna, we're just going to kind of dissect this psalm really good. Uh, psalm chapter 25, starting with verse 1. Oh Lord, I give my life to you. Man, that right there will preach. <laughs> who, all right, who do we understand to be Lord now in our life? Jesus. He is our King. He starts out saying, King, King Jesus, I give you my life. I give it to you. I submit it. It's yours. I don't have my will. My will needs to be your will. Right? I trust in you, my God. 
We're talking about faith now, right? That's what faith is. Hey, Lord, I trust you. Even though everything's going crazy, I trust you. Do not, do not let me be disgraced or let my enemies rejoice in my defeat. Verse 3, I love this. No one who trusts in you will ever be disgraced. But disgrace comes to those who try to deceive others. I don't know what you're going through. I don't know how hard of a time some of you are going through some horrible battles. But if you will trust in God, it is a promise right here. You will never be disgraced. You're not going to be disgraced. The, the, the father of lies will receive the disgrace and everything. Y'all with me still? All right. Show me the right path. Lord, I want to know which way to walk. Show me the right path, O Lord. Point out the road for me to follow. Lead me by your truth and teach me. Don't lead me by my truth. Everyone's like, well, my truth says this, my truth. No, lead me by your truth because my, my truth is jacked up. <laughs> you know, Isaac's is even worse than mine. <laughs> so I need God's. <laughs> Lead me by your truth and teach me, for you are the God who saves me. All day long, I put my hope in you. That's talking about faith. All day long, I'm fighting the fight of faith. I'm, I'm, I'm trusting him. Remember, O oh Lord, your compassion and unfailing love, which you have shown me from long ages past. Do not remember the rebellious sins of my youth, Remember me in the light of your unfailing love for your, you are merciful, O Lord. Whew, aren't you glad that God doesn't remember you with all the crazy stuff you did before coming to him? Amen? Amen. So when you try to drug up your past, drudge it up, and Lord, you know, I, I was a mess and all that. He looks at you and says, I don't even know what you're talking about. I don't remember none of that. I blotted it out. I only see you in the light of my mercy and in the light of my grace Verse 8, the Lord is good and does what is right. He shows the proper path to those who go astray. Verse 9, he leads the humble in doing right, teaching them his way. The Lord leads with unfailing love and faithfulness. I love that. He will lead you with unfailing love and faithfulness. Who? All who keep his covenant and obey his commands. Now, you're going to hear us talk about this quite a bit, this word covenant. God made a covenant with us. It goes all the way back to Abraham. And the covenant is, it's a business agreement. That's a biblical fancy word to say it's a, it's a contractual agreement. He says, if you'll do this, I'll do this. And the two, the two requirements for us is to trust him and obey him. That's the two requirements. If you will trust me, if you'll do what I tell you to do, man, I got you taken care of. I got you back. It's a promise. It's contractual. And part of that contract we're going to find out is if you'll just do what I tell you to do, and if you'll trust me, you will prosper. I will make sure you prosper. I will make sure you flourish and you have success. I will make sure you have the ability to use my power to meet every need of not just for your family, but any other family, according to my riches and glory, right? So he says, I will lead with unfailing love and faithfulness all who keep the covenant and obey his demands. I love that. Not just his commands, but his demands. I love how the NLT says it. <laughs> 
For the honor of your name, O Lord, forgive my many, many sins. And then he kind of gets a little Pentecostal on us. First of all, who are those who fear the Lord? In other words, he's like, woo, raise your hand if you fear the Lord. Is basically what he's saying, right, in song. Now, this is the wonderful thing. You don't have to fear the devil. The Bible says resist the devil. He'll flee. Just resist him. Ignore him. He'll go away. You don't have to fear man. You don't have to fear government systems. The Bible says just fear the one who can, has the power to destroy your soul. <laughs> right? In other words, we are to fear God. That's the only, only fear you have to encounter in life is the fear of the Lord. And by that, I don't even mean terror. It means, it means a reverent awe and respect. In the same way you fear fire, right? You, go, you can turn fire on, cook a wonderful meal. You can light it in your fireplace. Oh, it warms your home. It's wonderful. But you got to make sure fire don't get on your furniture <laughs> or get on your pants leg, right? Why? Because it, it can destroy. It's powerful. You fear your car, right? Hopefully you get in and you drive it with respect to protect yourself and everyone else. It's the same thing with the Lord. We're dealing with the most powerful force. We can, it, it, this, this entity, this being that spoke everything into existence. And yet we get to have a personal relationship. We, we get to walk with him and go into a contractual relationship with him. Ooh, that's something to respect. Oh, he's a loving and gracious God, but he's also not to be messed with and toyed around with. He's our king. So those who, uh, for the, uh, uh, who are those who fear the Lord? Now notice this, if you fear the Lord, if, if, you, if you trust him, if you obey his commands, his demands, he will show them the path they should choose. Verse 13, here we go. They will live in poverty. <laughs> they will suffer for the Lord. No, it says they will live in prosperity. They will flourish and succeed. And their children will inherit the land. Just put a pen right there. We're going to come right back to that. The Lord is a friend to those who fear him. He, he teaches them his covenant. That's what he's going to be doing over the next few weeks for us. He's going to be teaching us his contractual agreement with us. Why does he want to do that? So that we can have faith in him. So that we can know everything's going to be okay. That if I trust him, if I do what he tells me to do, I've got prosperity. I've got success. Every situation I will flourish in. I will be blessed in. Even in the worst situations in my life, I will succeed and flourish. He teaches them his covenant. My eyes are always on the Lord, for he rescues me from the traps of my enemies. Amen. Verse 13, they will live in prosperity and their children will inherit the land. Their children will inherit the earth. In order for your kids to receive an inheritance, it means you have to possess it first. Right? So it reminds me of this. Matthew 5 and 5 from the Amplified. I love this. Blessed. And then the Amplified breaks that word down. It means happy, blithesome, joyous, spiritually prosperous. There's that word again. Spiritually flourishing and successful with life, joy, and satisfaction and God's favor and salvation regardless of their outward conditions. Woo, that word blessed packs a lot, doesn't it? <laughs> 
Blessed are the meek. Now, meek doesn't mean, oh, you're just kind of beat down and suffering from the Lord. No, that's not it. Meek means this, the mild, patient, long-suffering. Let me tell you, if you are living life and you're very mild, you're very patient, and you're long-suffering, in other words, you, you can endure, that means you're walking in faith. Because if you trust God, it's easy to be patient. It's easy to endure some hardships. Why? Because you're trusting them. You can keep a mild composure. So in order to be meek, you've got to have faith. So in other words, blessed or prosperous are those who have faith, for they shall inherit the earth. Why is it important to inherit the earth? Because God has placed everything you need right here already. He's already placed it here. Look at Deuteronomy 8, 18. And you shall remember the Lord your God. This will, this will kind of explain why it's so neat that we get to inherit the earth. Okay? And you shall remember the Lord your God. Now, who do we know? Now, this is Deuteronomy. This is Moses giving the law here. But, but looking in the light of the revelation we walk in, who do we know to be the Lord now? Jesus, right? And Jesus is also known as the Word, the command of God, right? And you shall remember the Lord, the word of God. The word remember means to bring back to mind, to ponder on, to think about, to meditate on. You shall bring back to mind your king, your Lord, the word of God. For it is he who gives you the power to be lowly and hurtful and poverty stricken, right? No. It is he who gives you the power to get wealth that he may establish his covenant. There's that word again, that contractual business agreement, which he swore to your fathers as it is this day. Okay. So here's this question. Does God give wealth? Here it says he gives the power to get wealth. He gives the power to get wealth. Why is, how does this tie in with uh, inheriting the earth? Because everything you need to create any type of wealth in your life, and wealth can go beyond money. It can be money. It can be a lot of other things. But everything you need is already here in the earth. Look at it this way. God doesn't make chairs. God doesn't make tables. God makes trees. And yet he empowered man to sit there and look at a tree and get inspired and say, I think I can make a chair out of that. <laughs> I think I can make a table out of that. And there's been lots of tables and chairs sold over and a lot of wealth created from tables and chairs. Why? Because God gave them the power to get wealth. Every one of you that live, whether in a home or an apartment or even a barn, <laughs> Every part of your house eventually came from the earth. I don't care if it was plastic. It came from the earth. Wood, brick, foundation, concrete, all of it came from the earth. God doesn't build houses in this realm. He builds planets. On this planet, everything you need to have a house, to build a house, to sell a house, came from the earth. He provided the means. He gave you the power Go get it. Go get the wealth. 
He provided quail and manna in the wilderness, didn't he? 40 years worth. Sustained the children of Israel. The manna and the quail just didn't drop into their mouth, right? They had to get up from their tent and go get it. And follow the directions that he, you could only get so much per day. And then on Friday, you had to make sure you got twice as much because you were going to rest on the Sabbath day. But if you got twice as much any other day, it went bad on you. It spoiled. So they prospered as long as they trusted God and did what he told them to do. That's the concept of wealth. And it's God's desire. So I want to set some of you free. God's desire is not for you to suffer. God's desire is not for you to dwell in, in, in lack, limitation, poverty, any of that. Now, does that mean that everyone's going to be a millionaire? It has nothing to do with how much you've got in your bank account. Wealth in the kingdom of God has everything to do with how much you don't need. And in the kingdom of God, do you need anything? And heaven, look, my mama's hanging out in heaven right now on mama's day. Been there since 2015. You, does my mom need anything? No. Yet that's the same kingdom we get to hang out in here. <laughs> thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So if I can learn by faith and obedience to walk in a mindset of, Lord, I don't need anything. I see this need in my life, but you promised me you're going to supply it. So I'm going to kick back. I'm going to rest. I'm going to do what you tell me to do, and I'm going to believe you, and I'm going to rejoice because I know I'm going to see that need fulfilled. Right? We sat in staff meeting Wednesday, and, and one thing that I talked to my staff about is, hey, if there's a need there's a need in your department or there's a need in your ministry, God's going to meet it because he promised he was going to supply the need. We still needed one guy to help us with youth camp. We had every, everything else facilitated. They, uh, Becca and David said, we need one dude. We need one guy. I said, oh, a need. That's good because that means that it's going to be met. So we all came in agreement. We said, Lord, we just believe you're going to move on somebody. You're going to speak to someone. And sure enough, the very next day I get a phone call. Hey, that need was met. <laughs> Why? Because God promised. That's prosperity. When you know anything you need is, you know, am I going to be a multi-millionaire to have faith in God? You're already a gazillionaire. Because anything you need, he's going to provide. So what about a Rolls Royce? If for some reason you need a Rolls Royce, <laughs> he will provide it. Or he may tell you, hey, you can get the job done with this Honda Civic. I'll provide that. He's not worried about labels and names and brands and stuff, right? Amen. Everyone still with me? Amen. And if you don't believe me, just send me a $1,000 and I'll pray over your faith. No. <laughs> Proverbs 10, 22, the blessing of the Lord makes one suffer for him. No, it doesn't say that. The blessing of the Lord makes one rich and he adds no sorrow with it. Isn't that wonderful? In other words, the, the word, uh, he has no sorrow for what one translation says, and toiling can't add to it. So you can't work hard enough to get the blessings of God. You just do what he says and trust him, and his blessings will come. Matter of fact, it, it, it's part of, you've been grafted back into the promise that belongs to the blessing. We'll, we'll talk about it in coming weeks. But the very first words uttered out of God's mouth to man, to humans, 
to Adam and Eve was a blessing. And, and that blessing fell onto a curse with Adam's disobedience. Christ, who is the second Adam, restored all things, restored that original blessing. And we being dead to ourselves but alive in Christ actually get to walk in that blessing. We'll get into it. It's part of the covenant. It's part of the blessing. We'll, we'll review all that. Start looking at the terms of the contractual agreement. But the blessings of the Lord makes one rich and he adds no sorrow with it. Proverbs 10, 22, I love this. And my God shall supply all your need. How many of your needs? All of them. Anyone have any needs here today? It's okay, you can raise your hand. I've got some things in my life I would label as a need. That's awesome. That means God's going to be supplying a lot of things around here. According to what? According to, well, according to if you do this for me, or if, according to if I can get Ryan to do this favor for me, or if I can get Mark to stand up and take care of this for me. No, according to his riches, he is your source. According to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. He is our all in all. So God may use things, you know, what is one of your needs? Well, you need some oxygen. So he uses these plants out here to produce some oxygen for us. Well, you need to be able to pay bills. Well, he uses your job to help provide needs. He uses other things to help provide for those needs. But those things are not your provision. He is your provision. He is your source, right? Because it's according to his riches and glory. Proverbs 10.22, I love the amplified version. And my God will liberally supply, fill to the full your every need according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. So his desire, his plan for you is not for life to be a beat down to you. His plan and desire for you is to prosper you. Prosperity meaning flourish and succeed. That's his plan. That's his desire for you. Now, when John wrote his third letter, he was, by this time he was an old man. He was well-respected. Think about it. Jesus, out of 12 disciples, he had three of them he could trust more than anything. When he had a special assignment he'd go do, he'd pull three of them aside. Peter, James, and John. And out of those three, John was his most beloved. And so by this time, John has lived to be a ripe old man. Uh, matter of fact, he's called the elder in the early church. And if anyone knows how to walk in faith, if anyone knows how to trust God and obey God. And if anyone understands the result of that, it's going to be this man. And look what he says. Beloved, I pray that you may prosper. He said, man, I'm praying. He could have prayed for anything. I pray that you guys grow to be 5,000 members. He could have said, I pray that you overthrow the city government. <laughs> he could have said anything. But he said, I pray that you may flourish and succeed in all things and be in health just as your soul prospers. The King James says, beloved, I wish above all things, I wish above anything, above all things that thou mayest prosper. The Amplified says, beloved, I pray that you may prosper in every way. I love that. And it kind of breaks down really the, the dynamic of mankind. We are, as humans, we are what? We are spirit, we are soul, and then we're body. Well, your spirit began to prosper the moment that you decreed that Jesus Christ was Lord of your life and you believed in your heart that he was resurrected from the dead. Because you've got to believe that. A lot of people believe that 
Jesus was crucified, you've got to believe in the resurrection too. Because the resurrection proves that his sacrifice was sufficient enough. <laughs> you know, Any man that could come back from the dead like that must have been powerful enough to take care of my sins. So as soon as you made him Lord of your life, your spirit began to prosper. It began to flourish. Now your soul can also prosper according to this. Your soul is, the, the Greek word is suke. It, it's where we get the term mind or psyche. So your, your thoughts, your consciousness, your awareness, your emotions, that's all part of your soul. That's why you need the word of God to divide the spirit from the soul so you can know what, what God is saying to you and what's just your own thoughts, right? But your soul can, your mind can prosper. Some of you need to prosper in your mind. You've not been too prosperous with your thoughts. You've had thoughts of fear, anxiety, depression, defeat, doubt, worry. God doesn't, no, he, hey, part of the covenant is I want you to prosper. If you'll trust me, if you'll obey me, you can prosper. Who sound, yeah, God didn't give us the spirit of fear, but the power of love and a sound mind. Soundness of mind. Wouldn't it be wonderful to go to bed every night and your brain just stops spinning? Because you're prospering. See, that's why it has nothing to do with money. You can have all them. There's a lot of rich people in the world that have all the anxiety and fear in the world too. Has nothing, you can't buy soundness of mind. Right? And not only that, he talks about being in health. That's prospering in your body. So when God says he wants you to prosper, he's talking about, I want your spirit to prosper, to flourish and be successful. I want your mind to flourish and be successful. And I want your body to flourish and be successful. I, I was struggling really bad uh, back pain. My back was killing me on it. We, we, we flew to Alaska uh, about a week and a half ago to go celebrate uh, Rachel's college graduation. She's graduated a uh, bachelor degree, University of Alaska Anchorage as a nurse, following in her mama's footsteps. And, and uh, uh, I was honored to be there and, and, and celebrate. But man, my back was killing me. And I began, I was already studying all this, and I began to decree over myself, my body prospers today. Today, according to your word, according to your covenant, Lord, according, if I trust you and if I do what you tell me to do, my body prospers. My body will prosper. I'm telling you, the pain went away. I didn't have to deal with back pain. I still am not dealing with back pain since I've been back. Amen? Why? Because my body prospers. My body prospers. If that pain starts coming back, you better believe I'm going to be speaking to it. You got to go away because my body's prospering. According to the covenant, according to this contract, and it's a contract. It is a contract. So, so here's here here's the. I, I love what it said earlier, where he said, "I'm creating wealth," or he gives you the power to create wealth, right? The power to get wealth. Why does he want you to prosper? That verse. Matter of fact, let me see, see if I can go back to it, and I'll wrap up. Ooh, look at that! Y'all are prospering already with me just saying that. He gives you the power to get wealth. Why does he want you to prosper? He says it right here. Because he wants to establish his covenant. 
He wants to establish, he wants to show, he said, the covenant he made with his fathers. In other words, he said, I made a promise. I made a business agreement with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and it extended to his descendants. When you came to Christ, you were grafted into that promise and into that, that lineage. You are now a descendant of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, which men, means when you do your part of the contract, which is trust him, have faith, and do what he says, obey the word of God, he is contractually obligated he has, he has to prosper you. So you can't tell God what he has to do. I'm not telling you. He said what he has to do. <laughs> this is him saying, if you'll do your end, I have to do my end. And I want to prosper you so that I can establish the covenant in your life, the business agreement in your life. So if you feel like God's been whooping up on you lately, you were wrong. It's not him. His plan is to prosper you, to make you successful and flourish in all you do. So here's your next steps. Let's all stand. And we're about to sing one more time and worship together. Here's your next steps. This is what I want you to do this week. I want you to read and meditate on these scriptures every day this week. I want you to talk about it with your family. Why? Because it's going to help rewire your mind until it gets into your heart. Every day, I want you to be aware that God wants to prosper me. God wants to prosper me. Now, how are you going to say, well, I don't remember what scriptures you use. I'll tell you what, just another reason to go ahead and sign up on Slack, <laughs> right? There you, thank you, Becca. <laughs> Becca's excited. Uh, download the app Slack. Uh, here at the end of service, we'll go ahead and put the slide back up. And the reason why, it's, it's almost like having your own little private Facebook with just church folk, right? Now, what, what I will do is I will put my notes on there today. Every day for the next several weeks that we're talking about Kingdom Prosperity, I want to put my notes on there because I want you to read and, and, and meditate and think about these scriptures to help get it into your mind that I am prosperous, I am prosperous. Everything in every way, I am prosperous. God wants to prosper me if I will trust him, if I will walk in faith, and if I will be obedient to his word, if I'll do the word of God, then I, he has no other choice but to prosper me, right? So that's what you're going to do. The, the next step I want you to do is 2 Corinthians 4.13 tells us, because we believe, we also speak. So I want you to believe this with everything, and I want you to speak it out and declare this each day. These are your, de your declarations for this week. Today, I have no lack because Jesus is supplying all my needs. Today, I prosper in my spirit. I prosper in my soul or my mind, and I prosper in my body. And finally, God wants me to prosper. Say those every day, declare. Say, do I really have to speak it out? Bible says, hey, I have believed, therefore I speak. David said it. Paul said it. <laughs> I'm going to say it. <laughs> If you believe it, speak it out over yourself. You should hear all the things I declare over myself every day. My wife will tell you, man, I got a list of stuff. I just sit there declaring the word of God over us, and over me, over our household. Every morning I do it. Sound like a crazy guy. But it works. Our, our household prospers. Our household is full of love. Does it mean we have any problems? Sure, problems come up. It's just a chance for us to exercise faith. That's all. Because God's going to work it out. Amen. So God wants you to prosper today. He is faithful. I'm telling you, he is faithful. He's never failed us, and he's not going to fail us because that would break his contract with you, and God is not a liar. He's not going to break his contract. Amen? Amen. 
Happy Mother's Day. Let's all sing one more time together. If you need prayer for anything, come hunt me down. Or better yet, just grab your neighbor. They're full of faith too. Have them pray and agree with you. And God can move in your situation. Amen. Let me bless you real quick. Father, I love these people. I love your flock. Thank you for your word. I pray your word plants deep in our heart. Make us a prosperous people, Lord, so that we can prosper. I pray prosperity on marriages. I pray prosperity on family relations between parents and children, grandparents, grandchildren. Father, I pray prosperity for folks in the marketplace, prosperity for folks within the neighborhood, that they can prosper with their neighbors and relationships. Father, I pray for prosperity in health and bodily wellness for this congregation, prosperity in our minds that we can have the mind of Christ and not be tormented by the enemy with horrible lying thoughts. I speak prosperity in our spirits, Lord. Let us rejoice and let our spirits just be overwhelmed with your passion, your grace, your love, and your nourishment. We just love you today. and We thank you. Amen. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord shine his face upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord turn his face toward you.